Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, Enterprisers, I have a fantastic conversation for you guys. I am here with Stacy Hall. Stacy, how are you? I'm doing great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so before we get into all of the good stuff, I'm excited um, to um, really just pick your brain on all things um, uh, business and entrepreneurship. Uh, but before we get into any of the good stuff, Stacy, can I get an oh, yeah? Another one? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So tell us what's fun, new, and exciting in your world. Well, I love my husband. I love my dogs. I love my friends. All of that is wonderful. What's even more wonderful, if I can do a shameless plug, is uh, selling from your comfort zone is number one in many countries. And we're actually changing the way sales is being done out there. People are embracing what I call the alignment marketing formula. So that is new, the new ABCs of sales. I don't know if it's just because when I when I first started this podcast, I started it so that I could learn from business people because I was literally struggling to take my side hustle to make it my main hustle. But this is a recurring theme. I keep getting guests on that are all about sales, talking about sales. So um, I don't know if that's, um, you know, God telling me something that I need to learn how to do better sales, or I don't know what it is, but it just seems that um, my guests uh, lately have all been sales experts. So so let's talk about sales. What is it about sales that you feel is, is changing and shifting? Well, first off, I think the reason so many of us are talking about it is because without money, a business isn't a business, it's a nonprofit. So sales is the engine that runs every business. It's it's what has to happen. The problem is that so many people have been taught for so many decades that sales is where you go and you control and you beat people up and you know emotionally, mentally that you have to expect to go do battle with people in order to get them to say yes, that you have competition that you have to work against. And so this is not the age for that anymore. People are not staying in sales jobs, they're going and finding other things to do, or they're leaving to start their own businesses 
so they can do sales in a way that's more satisfying for them. So there is this trend now. We went through warlike marketing, then there was the concept of relationship marketing, but it, it didn't quite get there all the way. People were still feeling like one person has to win in a relationship. Both people can't. And now I see more folks like me encouraging salespeople and their managers to come into a more aligned place, making sure we love the products that we're representing, that we're not doing it from our head, but from our heart, as well as treating human beings as people. Like the marketing can be automated, but the sales has to be human. So that's my my take on it. So when you say sales has to be human, what do you mean? I mean, we must treat people like they're human beings, not we take the targets off their heads. We stop looking at them as soulless, you know, like all they have the ability to do is say yes or no. We realize that they're dealing with all sorts of issues in their lives, right? All of us are dealing with issues in our lives. We don't assume that the most important thing in the world to them is our product or our service. We learn to listen rather than be prepared to pitch. And we treat people that we meet wherever we meet them like we would if we were meeting them at a party. That's what I'm talking about. When I say to folks, would you ever walk into a birthday party wearing a sandwich sign for your business? You might have business cards in your pocket. I get that. But would you walk into a party with a sandwich sign promoting your business? Everybody I've met says, no, they would not do that. I say, well, then why when you first meet somebody through social media or a networking event, the very first thing that comes out of your mouth is what you do. You wouldn't do that at a party. You would ask someone else, how do you know the host? Why are you here? How are you connected? You might ask them what do they do first, but we don't pitch before we make friends. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that um, before we hit record that you have a, a nice little framework that um, that you teach. You mind sharing that with us? I would love to because this is the formation of the new ABCs of sales. The old ones were always be closing, meaning exactly that. Wherever you are, start selling in whatever situation. In this day and age, my new version of the ABCs is first alignment, then belief, then consistency. And I use the metaphor of a lighthouse for what I'm I'm talking about. So if we think of a lighthouse and how it stands tall, I think you might be able to see mine here. They stand tall and grounded and centered and they know their spot, right? And if it was in human form, you'd say, okay, they're pleased with their spot. They stay here. They don't try to be a searchlight being in everybody else's space. They know their space. So the first step of alignment, LZ, is I have to have a personal story as to why I believe in what I'm selling. It has to have affected me in some way, shape, or form. So the reason I'm teaching this is because I watched my dad learn the old ways of selling. I grew up with a dad in sales who loved people and hated doing what he was told he had to do. He couldn't get aligned with it, but he didn't know. My, my dad didn't think that he could do things differently. He would change companies, but then the same those different companies all were teaching the same way. So for him, he was locked in a box that wasn't pleasant. 
So you could say, I have a mission to unlock salespeople out of their box. And the way we do that is we get back to why are we selling this? What's our mission? And then who do we feel we feel we would connect with the most? So Elsie, if I may, okay, if you were selling this podcast, I would ask you, how do you describe yourself? What would you say about yourself that you are? Like in demographic, psychographic arena, what would you say? How would you describe yourself? Um, okay. So firstly, I would say that I don't really sell the podcast. You mean for like yeah, somebody no, being a guest on the show? Yeah, I just, just want you to say who, describe yourself. Yes. As a podcast host. Yes. I would describe myself as fun, curious, and energetic. Okay. And in demographics, male or female? We tend to skew more toward male. No, no, you. You. Oh, I'm I'm a male. Yes. Okay. So you identify as male. You're fun. You're a podcast host. You're between what ages? I am between 20 and 60. Okay, great. Wonderful. So see, you already went to, you know who your audience is because your audience is you, correct? So when you're thinking about sharing or telling people about your podcast, you're wanting to share it with men primarily who are between 20 and 60, who are fun, loving, love business, love talking about business. So it would be easy for you to go meet people like that on social media, right? In different ways. Yep. Right. And if somebody doesn't look like they're fun or interested in business, you wouldn't go talk to them and try to sell them on watching your podcast or listening to your podcast. Making sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. But you see in the old ABCs, salespeople were said, told, it doesn't matter who they are or what they do. They probably know somebody. So go tell everybody about your business. And that's how the pushiness came to be known. All right. So once we know who we are, why we're selling it, who we're wanting to sell it to because they could use it because they're like us, then we know what to share with them. And we know what questions to ask them to find out if they're a match. So that's alignment. And it's like climbing the stairs in the lighthouse to get to the point where we can turn on the light. Hold on one second. Speaking of light, I'm my eyes are starting to tear because I'm getting a little emotional about this because <laughs> it means something to me when I'm sharing this with you. So with that, once we're at the top, our belief in that alignment is what turns on the light within us. And it's the light within us that connects with the light in others that creates that sense of connection. And when the light's on, two different salespeople selling the same thing, one is really connected into their alignment with their values, their skills, their gifts, and why they're selling. And the other one's coming from their head. That other person that we're talking, two people, same pitch, except one is aligned, one is not. The one who's aligned will get that sale every time. And out of that belief, we're able to stay consistent with the activities that are meant for a salesperson to do. And that's ABCs. I love it. I love it. So talk about uh, maybe uh, an example that you can think of uh, in the recent history that you've applied that and that you could model and share with us. Well, I'll use my own. When I'm sharing with people about selling from your comfort zone, my primary audience is women entrepreneurs like myself who struggle to make connections. That's how I used to be because we don't want to be pushy and spammy, but we didn't see any other model of how to do sales. As a result, we don't get out there and share a message because we're so afraid 
that somebody is going to be offended by us. We're not part of that group that is assertive and aggressive and can do that other model, right? That's who I was. So I know I'm talking to those people when I'm introducing them to selling from your comfort zone. And how I speak with them is I'm asking, are you comfortable with the way you're being taught to sell? If they tell me absolutely not, then I ask them, would you like to have a way that makes you feel more like yourself and make friends with people who are more like you for longer lasting relationships? I'm asking questions. I'm not immediately telling them why they should love selling from your comfort zone. And if they tell me, yes, this is what they would like, then I ask permission. May I share with you about the new ABCs of sales and why it could make you feel more like yourself and make it possible for you to make more sales, have more satisfaction and more success. They give me permission, then I start the conversation. And see, I believe in the fact that I can help somebody like that because I helped myself first with it. And then I consistently, because I get yeses far more often than I get noes, based on knowing who to start to have conversations with, I stay consistent with the activities that are meant to be done in the sales world. So let's get tactical for a second, Stacey. So I am on board with this new ABC of selling how do I get tactical? I want to um, start getting out there, doing executing my X's and O's. What are, what are some of those X's and O's? Okay. Well, the first, again, is you have to be in alignment with the company you're representing, even if it's yourself. So for example, somebody gave me, uh, told me a story yesterday of a client that she's working with for three years. Person never got off the dime, got coaching for three years, never took action on her own business. And I said to my client, well, that indicates to me this person is not in alignment with what they're doing. They're doing it for some reason other than their passion. So the first tactical is you got to be passionate about what you're selling. And in this day and age, for somebody to be selling something and get the statistic from HubSpot, a study was done. 55% of salespeople said in a study, they know they're selling the wrong thing. Wow. Then why are they there? It's just like, you know, I, I feel like I, I need to knock on my, my head and go, excuse me, if you know you're selling the wrong thing, go sell what would make you happy. And you want tactical? So let me give an example. Let's say somebody loves running in their personal life. They get up every morning and they run, right? And they're a salesperson for copiers. If they can't make the connection between their passion for running and copiers, what they might do better at is either working for a company selling running shoes or a company that sells treadmills or whatever they're running, what their reason is, if it's to lose weight, then maybe go represent a health club. Do you see what, I, what I'm talking about? Where they can bring their passion into their work. So that's got to be number one. Without that, we're just going through the paces. I feel like I might be preaching a little bit here, but this is like everything else flows out of that. So let me ask you this. Okay. So let's, let's stick with that, that analogy. So I am, uh, I love running. I'm going to work in or own a company where I'm selling running shoes. All right. How do I begin to sell those running shoes? I'm, I'm looking for like, as like low ground tactics. Like what do I, hear I do? You. I'm about to tell you. All right. So now I'm going to use social media. Thank goodness social media is here 
to go to groups where people are talking about running. Okay. So on Facebook, there's tons of running groups. On Instagram, there's hashtags about running. Very easy to be able on TikTok. People show videos running. There's no shortage of people that we could be making connections with and building friendships with. It's that easy. See, in the old days, it's like, I don't know who to talk to. I'm embarrassed. I don't want to just talk to everybody. Okay, go hang out at running marathons. Meet people face-to-face. Sponsor running marathons. Volunteer at running marathons. You're going to meet people who love to run. Wear your shoes around town, right? Run around town. I walk my dogs. Bill and I walk every morning, and I did 85 miles last month. We walk the same path most days. I see the same people most days. We've become friends. This morning, and I did just buy shoes. I I don't sell shoes. I bought some. (laughs) And I... I bought a little a pair that are a little flashy. One of the people that we see every day felt comfortable enough to say, hey, saw your new shoes. Okay. You start getting to know people. People are going to ask you about them. So if I sold those shoes, I could have sold a pair this morning just because I'm out there doing my thing and I've gotten to know people. We say hi. Our dogs get to know each other. Do you see what I'm, I'm talking I'm living my life. I'm living my passion. I'm meeting people who share my passion. Got it. Makes sense. So what are some of the cues that you're looking for? Um, So you're making connections, you're making friends, you're adding value, you're sort of living in your uh, your space and your zone of of genius. What are some of those signals that you you say, okay, this person, um, we've made a connection. Now it's to the the point in the relationship where they go from that connection to being um, a a prospect, if I can use that term. Yeah. Well, to me, everybody's a future friend and 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 then they become a friend when they're a sales, you know, when they're a customer or a client. So let's use this example. Let's say this morning, person said to me, hey, new shoes, and I sell those shoes. I wouldn't just say, oh, yeah, I sell them. I would say, thanks for noticing. What shoes, I, I probably, if I'm in shoes, I probably know what shoes they're wearing. But let's say I didn't. I'd say, so what brand are those? How are they feeling to you? Do you like them? Is that what you always buy? Right? I'm asking questions about them. I'm not pitching yet. I'm holding back. And that person might say to me, I do love them, whatever there are. And I'd say, that's great. What do you love about them? How do they fit? And then I might say, after they're telling me, it's just out of curiosity. Are you 100% committed to those shoes? Or would you ever want to try another pair? Now, if they said to me, oh, no, never going to try another pair, I am not going to try to persuade at that point. See, that's that's the old sales technique, talking them out of what they already love. Not a prospect for me, a future friend. What I might say is, personally, like a human being, I'm going to say, I love that you love that brand of shoes. I am loving what I'm wearing too. And, you know, same reasons, basically the same reasons. So it's great to know that both of us are happy with our shoes. The other person is going to appreciate that I didn't try to talk them out of something they're committed to. You know, no tug of war here. I'm not going to convince them, but they might later when it comes time for them to change their shoes or buy another pair, they might say to me, you know what? I'm thinking maybe it's time for me to try another pair and they know where to find me. And this holds true for copiers or essential oils or, you know, trading money, whatever. It holds true in both cases. Please excuse me. I I do. I get a little passionate and get a little teary. 
But let's say the person said to me, well, these shoes are okay. They're all right. I'd say, yeah, so on a scale of one to 10, where would you put them? 10, you love them. One, you can't wait to get them off your feet. Where would you put it? They might say about a six. I'd say, oh, wow. What What is it that you're really not enjoying about them? They're going to tell me. I'm going to say, are you thinking about getting another pair soon? Because I mean, if you don't really like them that much. And they might say to me, yeah, I've just been researching shoes. It's, I might say to them, well, the ones I buy, I really love. That's what I'm wearing now. Have you researched this brand? You, you say, I'm not, oh, I can sell you a pair of shoes. You're doing research? Great. Have you researched this brand? They say, no, I haven't heard about it. Are you open to hearing about it? I can get you some research as to why I love them. I'm still not using the word sell because nobody wants to be sold something. Everybody loves to buy something. Everybody loves to know something that other people don't know. So again, if it's very clear I'm there because I'm selling, I'm still not going to use the word, this is why I sell it. This is why I love it. This is why I use it. This is why I believe in it. This is why I chose to check it out. All those phrases are going to be more human than this is why I sell it. And if the person says, yes, I'm open to researching, I'll say, great, where would you like me to send it? to you. Perfect. That makes sense. So what do you say to, to those out there that disagree with you and say, Stacy Hall, your methodology of sales is wrong? What, what, what do you say to those people? I'd say, I sure hope that your way is producing sales satisfaction and success for you. Because my, my theory is, what I stand on is we make the best salespeople when we're standing in our own comfort zone. So there are people who love the competition. They thrive on it. They love to see if they can win somebody over. Okay, great. You've got that marketing style. Have at it, that marketing and that sales style. Not me. You, okay, so I can't, I'm not even saying we can agree to disagree. I'm saying I celebrate your way of wanting to do it. But there's a whole lot of other people in network marketing. Did you know that only 3% of all people in network marketing make more than $200 a year? I could believe that. It's very scary and it's very sad. And those 3% make lots of money, but the other 97% can't even cover their own orders. They still have to have other jobs or other income, okay? Most of those people are folks who never got business degrees, never were taught selling, so what they are told is how to market, not how to sell, right? Because companies replace advertising with the human being. So they have to market and then be the salesperson too. So they have to be the advertisement, the billboard, all of that. That's not what they signed up for. They wanted to just get to the place where they could talk to people about why they love the product. But they're taught marketing techniques that are the pushy promotion, not something they're prepared for. And so they don't go talk to people. So that's why when anyone's in network marketing, LZ, I say you can put the marketing aside. If it's just you and a person, talk to them about what you love and find people who love that too. So if you're selling weight loss, go into groups and meet people who are wanting support for losing weight. And don't pitch your product first. Make the friends, right? If you're selling oils, go to places where people are talking about alternatives to medicine. Don't pitch the product, make friends first. But if you're in corporate sales and you're selling copiers, great. Then find out what kinds of businesses 
need your kind of copier. Make sure you have a personal story, like literally a story as to why you love to sell copiers. Like not not what the brochure says, but what do you say? And then you can have a real conversation with the person at the company who's in charge of buying the copiers. And they may not have any clue. Like the person who's using the copier is probably not the person who's buying the copier. So you use the terms value added, and now I'm going to bring it in. Because when you're talking to the person who's buying the copiers for the other people, you don't want to make them look bad. You don't want to give them information that makes them feel stupid. What we want to do is we want to ask them, what are the complaints you're hearing from the people who are using the copiers? Tell me about the complaints. Let them vent because people have vented all over them. And then you say, so if I can help reduce those complaints, would you want me to tell you about how my copier could do that for you? You see, it's a human conversation rather than, I understand you you are the one who buys the copiers. Let me show you my brochure. I love it. I love how you said the light in us connects with the light in others. I, I took that down as a note. That's what I call a, a key to success. So over the over your career, what has been the biggest business lesson that you've learned? I would say is to remember that when I'm doing business, when I'm meeting people, it's the same as when I'm attending a birthday party for somebody else. Exactly the same. I'm going to treat people like I would if I was coming to a birthday party. I would not walk in inside a sandwich board with, you know, like tap, forgive me, not about tattoos, but you know what I mean? Not having my company plastered all over me. I'm going to come in looking like everybody else would look at the birthday party. I'm going to bring a gift of some sort to the host, a lead magnet, right? Some sort of something, but I'm not going to present it right away. I'm going to find out. I'm going to walk into the party and I'm going to chill with people for a while. I'm going to see what the culture is of the party. I'm going to approach some people that look easy to approach, and I'm going to start chatting with them about how do they know the host. So for example, let's say we're on LinkedIn. To me, LinkedIn is the host of the party. So now if I want to meet other salespeople, let's say, on LinkedIn, I'm going to go into groups that LinkedIn hosts for salespeople. It's a party. I'm not going to start promoting in that party right away. I'm going to lay back. I'm going to look at what other people are posting that's being approved, that's being reacted to. I'm going to contact people who have joined that group, who have titles of the folks that I know I can be of service to. And when I send a connection request, it's not going to say, hey, do you need my sales training? I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to go look at their profile. I'm going to make sure that they have posted recently or commented recently. Because if they haven't, why am I contacting them? Why are, you know, they're not really there on LinkedIn. So I'm doing that research. I'm looking at their profile page and what they say they're all about. And when I send a connection request, I'm going to say, hi, LinkedIn showed me your profile. I see you're all about X. So am I, because I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm all about that too. I would love to see your posts and comments. Can we connect? You see, I'm joining the party. I'm not pitching at the party. The other person accepts my connection request. I write them back and I say, thank you very much. This is the kind of thing that I post about. I have a newsletter. See, this is my gift. I have a newsletter. If you would like to check it out, here's the link. Do you have one? 
still not pitching, just offering information that might be of interest to both of us, right? Do you see where we're going? If they're interested, they'll check out my newsletter. They'll subscribe. Periodically, I'll check back to see what they've posted recently. I'll comment on it. I'm going to build relationship like I would with somebody that I met at the party, and we want to stay in touch. We're staying in touch. There will come a point where it will become clear they need support. They'll post about it, or I'll post something. They'll comment on it. We'll start a conversation about that. So you asked me for the one thing, and I'm going, oh, but this is it. Treating people like they're at the party, not pouncing on them. This has been great. I have um, a couple pages of notes over here, and I, I'm in in your camp. I agree with the human approach. I don't like to be sold to, <laughs> and I, I love connection and adding value. So I'm in the Stacy Hall camp. Uh, oh, yay. For, for yay. The record. <laughs> if people want to reach out to you, learn more about what you do to stay connected, how can they do that? Well, my website is the best place and it's easy. It's Stacy, S T A C E Y, and A N N Hall, H A L L dot com, Stacy dot com. I have a free gift, of course. If so, if you go to the course tab, It'll, it's called Eight Steps to a Sale, and it will guide you through this alignment marketing formula that I talked about in each step from passion to making the offer. I say, if you go through all seven steps, the eighth step, you can make the offer in 15 minutes or less, and it will probably be accepted, honestly. I've been doing this for years. Follow the eight steps, get to that eighth step, you are able to make the offer and somebody will probably say yes to you within 15 minutes or less. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Stacy. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me in. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.